Hello, welcome to another Pharmacy and Practice podcast. This is quite an interesting one. This is the first time I'm doing a podcast with an actual person. Hello, William Johnson. Hi, Jonathan. Hi. Good to good to speak to you. How are you? Uh, well, I've just uh, I've just come back. I was working in Argyle uh, the last couple of days, so I'm back home, back in Glasgow now. Um, so very busy. That's that's what I've been doing, uh, just working uh, quite hard over the festive period and haven't had much of a break. So you're you're a you're a locum, aren't you? A pharmacist locum. Yeah, I'm currently working working as a locum. Yep, yeah. um, and so far so good, and uh, plenty of work out there, and thoroughly enjoying it. It's got its own challenges, but at the moment it's working out quite well for me. Very good. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. So, how long how long have you been a pharmacist then? Uh, I qualified in two thousand twelve, so six probably about six years now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's going well. I mean, I started off kind of being a relief manager and then I've worked in kind of various uh, managerial positions. Um, and over probably within the last eight months, I've just been doing my own thing, uh, locuming. So uh, quite positive experiences so far. Um, and just looking to broaden, broaden the experiences and uh, continue learning new things. Very good, very good. Uh, can you remember? I always ask folk this. Can you remember where um, where you did your first day as a pharmacist? Can you remember that? Uh, I think my first day was when I first qualified. My first day was in quite a large branch in the kind of Wishaw area. That, okay. that shop, um, that that shop was it had a robot in it at the time, so it was something completely different from what I was used to. But uh, no, no, quite an interesting first day. And I'm sure, if I'm not wrong, it was a 12-hour shift as well. I think it was 9 in the morning till 9 o'clock at night. So um, something a bit different, but a fantastic experience at the same time. Good, very good. So where whereabouts do you live at the moment? Do, do you work close to where you live? Do you have to travel much? Because often locums say, you know, that's one of the downsides of being a locum, isn't it? Yeah, You know, you could be here, there, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So there, there is. Um, I've actually got contacts in quite a lot of different kind of places, um, and I keep in contact with these people regularly. So um, I do. I, I kind of work all. Being quite honest with you, I work all over the place. Um, so I live kind of in Annie's Land area of Glasgow, the kind of west west side of Glasgow, um, and I've got contacts in sort of Dumbarton and. Um, Sort of all over Glasgow, really. Um, I do I do travel further. Um, so as I mentioned, I've just got back from Argyll, so I do quite a lot of work for a girl in Loch Gilpaid. Um, so uh, I've got I've got that contact that I keep in touch with quite regularly, Very and um, do some work in Inverness if there's work work available in Inverness. And but mainly Glasgow. I've got quite a lot of uh, close contacts in Glasgow that I keep in touch with. So have you ever made a dispensing error? Oh, um, absolutely. Absolutely. I think yeah, if anybody too. said to you, no, I've not made any dispensing errors, then they wouldn't be telling you the truth, Jonathan. I think yeah. <laughs> I probably have more than I care to remember. or I don't think maybe one or two that have come back to me, um, but I'm sure there's probably many more that I don't know about as well. But... Uh, <laughs> To be so, to be honest with you, yes, I've made yeah. I've made a dispensing error, and I've probably made 
a lot more than I think I have. Uh, but no, no as, as, but I, I don't know. Show... I don't know of any patients coming to harm. So that's that's the positive that's come out of that. Um, mm. I don't I don't know of any patients have come to harm as a result of an error that I've made. No, definitely, and I, and I, and just to to show solidarity, of course, and uh, you know, I agree with you. If any pharmacist sort of claims they haven't made a dispensing error, then well, how can they say that? Because it's it's the dispensing errors that you don't know that you, you yeah that you worry about. about so. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think anybody nobody goes to work to do a bad job. So uh, uh, absolutely um, correct, absolutely correct. And what do you what do you think like as a locum? I'm quite interested in a locum's perspective on the state of Scottish pharmacy. What do you think? Um, that, that's that's again that's a very very good question. I think. I don't think ph- pharmacy. There's not much money around at the moment. There's not much money around in NHS. Mm-hmm. Uh, hospital beds are very, very expensive, and GPs are totally. You know, they're, they're worked very, very hard. Uh, there's a shortage of GPs. So I, th- I think we're, we're at a stage now that we really we need pharmacists to scale up. They really need to scale up and add more value to the NHS. And I think that is probably an independent prescribing qualification, to be quite honest with you. So I think probably the future definitely lies in managing long-term conditions on the high street, being easily accessible, um, speaking to patients, getting them in, keeping them out of hospital, um, and just GPs to be dealing with stuff that's very, very serious and, you know, giving patients that accessibility. So running clinics on high street pharmacies, I think that's I think that's going to be the future, to be honest. And the dispensing side, I think that will probably be that'll be delegated. It should be delegated to more technical staff um accredited checking technicians and 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 people like that who are you know who are more than capable of doing that work of sort of accuracy checking medicines and dispensing i don't know much about uh, dispensing on industrial scales like uh, with robots and all that kind of stuff not too sure about the mm-hmm. the economics of how that works um i know they do that in america and i'm not sure how that's worked over here if it's been a success or it needs to be um, thought about again. But in terms of how pharmacists can add value, I, I think it's re- reducing the, the, the workload of, of doctors. And I think we can scale up and take take that work with an independent prescribing qualification. Um, so I know you've got an independent prescribing qualification, Jonathan. So yeah, yeah. As I know you, you probably use that. Um, I, I don't have that qualification at the moment. I think that's probably something I will work towards. But for me, I think in community pharmacy, that that will be the way that um, the way that it goes, and pr- yeah, probably definitely. quite quickly, I mean, quite quickly. Definitely. Well, well the, the moves are afoot. There's, I think, there's fifty odd prescribers away to be um, trained. But yeah, it's, it's, there's there are barriers though. You know, there's stuff like it's just daft that we don't have access to the the records and yes, um, well, that, in that, community. That is true. That, that's true. That's absolutely true. Um, there's a, I know there's one health board that I worked in quite recently that the, the patient group directions are fantastic. There's lots of things that you can do um, over and above what, what you can do in other health boards. Uh, Flutoxacillin for skin infections. Um, you know, there's there's more sort of stuff coming through. Pharmacy first, very, very good. Um 
you know, so patients don't have to go to the GP to get stuff, uh, antibiotics for urinary tract infections anymore. I think that's great. I think they can come to us. Uh, you know, that, that that's just improving the accessibility. It's improving the patient journey. It just makes healthcare so much better, um, so much more there was accessible. A, there was a, yeah, no, that's really interesting. There's an there's a interesting story recently I did about um, the emergency hormonal contraception and whether there there needs to be a consultation. What do you think? Because in other countries, it's I was interested to read that I think America and elsewhere, um, okay. it's available over the counter without a consultation. So sure. that type of thing. Sure. What, what do you think of what do you think of well, that? Do you think it's necessary? Uh, you know, that's again, it's an excellent question. I was working with a pre-registration pharmacist yesterday and we had quite a long discussion about um, emergency hormonal contraception because the, the sheets that you're supposed to work through, for me, are, are, are very, very in-depth. And I think if I asked every question on it, I, I would be in the consultation room for 20 minutes, half an hour. And uh-huh. as you know, you just you don't have that amount of time uh, to be spending with one with one patient. So for me, I, I think a consultation is reasonable. I think it's a good idea to have a consultation because I think there are things that you need you need to educate the patient about. Um, in an ideal world, the patient would read the information leaflet themselves and understand it themselves. But I think um, you kind of have to judge the situation and you know educating the patient about how they should take it and when they should take it and that kind of stuff. Um, side effects and that kind of thing. I think that is quite important. So for me, I think there should be a consultation, absolutely, um, but just not maybe quite in depth and in detail as some of the the, the patient group direction sheets sort of tick box type thing uh, expects you to do. Yeah, well, certainly, certainly. Um, so, so the the story I ran was a the, the, there was a a poll and there was a mystery shopper report and some of the feedback from from um the patients was that they didn't want the consultation that you know they just wanted to okay. buy it obviously obviously okay. there's safety safety considerations and all the rest of it but yeah um i i felt they maybe had a point it was a it was quite a fair question to ask actually and, yeah I, um, I i think that that goes down to um sort of a professional judgment and if you trust that the the patient really knows what they're doing um, then you're you're not going to go into too 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 much depth in a in a consultation. I mean, I've I've had GPs come in and ask me for uh, emergency hormonal contraception, so I'm I'm not going to set them down and tell them exactly how <laughs> how to take no, it. So um, again, professional judgment. If somebody doesn't want a consultation and they say to me, "I know what I'm doing with this," I'm nine times out of ten, I'm just going to trust their judgment and and understand that. And is there um, is there pressure in community pharmacy, or is it just like easy peasy? No, no, no. It's, there's pressure. Absolutely, there's pressure. Um, yeah, there's there's pressure because the, the, for, first of all, um, the businesses need to survive. That's that's one thing. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of people will slag me off for saying that because a lot of them do make lots and lots of money, but they're only making lots of money because they're on a huge scale and they employ lots of people and the money is made in different ways than actually um, you know, providing the service. So if it's, a, if it's a small independent pharmacy, yes, the pressures are greater because they're being paid less for doing the same work than they were doing t- sort of 10 years ago. So yeah. the, pres- the pressure, but I think that's the same in lots of industries now. 
it's just um, the world has changed and uh, there's the, the workload is higher uh, but you're getting paid the same money or maybe a wee bit less money than you were 10 years ago so so um, yeah you think you definitely think there's a there's an advantage obviously there's an advantage with economies of scale so the, the bigger you are the, the, more, the more dosh you can make yeah, yeah yeah absolutely if you own the wholesaler you can buy your drugs cheaper you can do it on a bigger scale therefore you make you make more money every time you you dispense the medicines um mm. but if you're a small independent pharmacy and you use three or four different wholesalers then you get a smaller discount and um the margins it just squeezes your margin and you can't yeah you can't you can't business, make as much it? money just business absolutely um so what? yeah that's that's the difficulty in it at the moment and how does that like how does that i mean speaking in general terms right naming names of course but um yep you know how does that in general terms reflect on the ground i mean is it is it pressure do you do you you know you're a locum you're seeing a lot of shops do you go in and it's like <laughs> it's like clear benches you know somebody's organizing the pens and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah and the kettle's on or is it piles of right. scripts you know okay, what's the crack okay. what's happening that, that's yeah that's a that's a fair point i think there's and i think a lot of people would say there are some shops that are just not worth any rate of pay whatsoever and you just wouldn't in a million years want to ever go back and work there because it was just the, the, the day was so bad <laughs> but that that those sort of shops are very very few and far between there's you know i probably couldn't even count on one hand um shops that i wouldn't i wouldn't go back to because because yeah. of that issue so um in independent pharmacies um they're I, I find that the staff are forthright with cups of coffee and all that sort of stuff. So <laughs> you can you, you can build a rapport with your staff, and um, you, your working day is not too difficult. Um, maybe in slightly bigger businesses that are more sort of focused on sort of targets and stuff like that, there's maybe a wee bit less of the you know chit chat and let, let's get on with it, let's get the scripts done, let's get through the baskets yeah, yeah. on the on the benches. So it just it, to be to be quite honest with you, it's the the, the demographics of the business. Um, cool, well, that's so, really interesting. Yeah, that's that's it's, that's how I'd say that. Yep, it's interesting to hear because um, I I I haven't done a I haven't done a community pharmacy locum now in I don't know three or four months anyway. I'd be okay. absolutely pet. Even though I was I used to run a shop, I'd be petrified to go back into it now. Um, yeah well i think um i think if, you, if you're going back to somewhere that you've been before then that sort of anxiety is not, not there because you know what to expect what you're working with so once you build a relationship and you can maintain it then it's it's not really an issue especially if you can work with them and they can work with you i think it's probably what you say a fair point if you're going to a new shop been to before then I'm sure there will be um, a wee bit of apprehension in the morning driving to work, uh, but I, I don't know. What the, I'm, I'm kind of not going back to the same. I'm not going back to um, many new places at the moment. I, I've kind of um, got sort of steady work with people that I've worked with for for a while now. So, um, but uh, building new relationships and new contacts is all part of um, of working life, isn't it? So I think yeah, uh, at, at, at some point there, there will be lots more contact, new new people to meet and work with. Cool. Um, what's your, um, I feel that's a bit of a rude question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, okay. <laughs> 
what's a good what's a good rate? What's a good? We have to talk about rates, but you can't. I can't speak right. to Locum and not talk about money. Okay, because you're self-employed. Yeah. It's, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not yeah. a charity. Let's be honest. Come on. Yeah, so what's okay. a good rate? Okay. Um, that that you you you. I'll give you. I'll give you what I think. Um, but you you maybe want to speak to probably five or six different people to see what see what they say. Uh, I think with if you're working with independents and I enjoy working with independents then they'll set the rate and I don't I don't want to upset in because I think they're they're brilliant to work for so um, if I was working for an independent it would probably be 22 pounds 50 per hour during the week and probably on a Saturday I can't remember the last time I did a Saturday for an independent but I think it's usually between 22 50 and 25 and I think if you're working for for the multiples, the, the rates vary completely vary depending if it's last minute or if it's been booked in advance and stuff like that. So yeah. I think if you're going further away from home, away from your family, then then you should ask for a higher rate. So between probably excuse me, between thirty and thirty five pounds an hour, I think would mm-hmm. be would be okay. If you're f- further away from home. Um, if you're if you're closer to home, maybe twenty one, twenty two. It depends on. It really depends on a, a whole host of different factors. Mm-hmm. Um, no, absolutely. It's, you, it's, not, they... it's interesting to get a, you know, to get a feel for that. I've been, as I say, I've been out of the game for for a few months, so it's you know things change and move on. But you, I was, you know, it's interesting when you you speak with some. Hope you don't mind me saying you speak with some reticence when it comes to London. and that that is yeah yeah absolutely. Now, I want, there's, some, I want, there's some who've got no no regard for the business whatsoever, and it's just take as much as you can, and that's that's it. I I don't like that attitude because I think it's um, you create a bad name for yourself. Uh, you're you're not creating value for the for the business, um, but it depends who you're working for. You know, if you're working. If you're working for people and they, they tell you it's a lovely shop and you turn up and it's an absolute nightmare, then you feel actually, you know, every, everybody feels a wee bit hard done by sometimes. So mm-hmm. everyone's got their own opinion on, on what the rate should be and all that kind of stuff. So but for me, indepe- independents are great to work for. So twenty two fifty per hour, I think, is reasonable rate of pay. Um, yeah, so I suppose if you, if you walk into a... A really well organized, really like well staffed um, pharmacy. Yeah. You know, twenty two fifty, twenty five quid is that's that's really good money. But if you if you if you get twenty five quid and and you you know your your nerves are shot by the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. It's all relative, isn't it? You know, yeah. It's, kinda... it's all relative. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. Um... Do you think? Do you think? Um, do you think like? Because one thing I've noticed recently, which I think is quite interesting and at times entertaining and all the rest of it, but is the anonymous um, social media okay. per- person. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah, sure. Do you think that's why that's cropped up because they don't want to, you know, they don't want to upset the employer, obviously. Yeah, and I'd say to be honest, I'd, I, um, I, I, I. I... <laughs> I, I, I can understand why why people are like that. It's I've I've not got anything against that at all. It's um you know, every, everybody needs to make earn a living and you know, people want to be paid well for the work they do and I, I don't have an issue with that at all. And I think if people want to be anonymous that 
I'm, I'm, I don't have an issue with that. That's yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I agree. As long as that, that's not for that, that's that's not that's no, there's no skin off my nose. Um, you know, and if people are getting higher rates of pay than for for doing that, then you know that's 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 good for them as well. I mean, I've, I don't have an issue with it. Um, but I think you need to be careful. I mean, you can't you can't go around um, saying things that are not true or, um, you know, bad mouthing other people and stuff like that. That's that's not acceptable. That's not acceptable. yeah. Well, I suppose I suppose the GPHC. I mean, maybe somebody listening will correct me, but it's it's pretty hard to regulate a an anonymous pharmacist, I guess. But yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um, anyway, I, I I totally understand why why and I and I actually, you know, empathise with why folk need to be anonymous it's um it's yeah a, it's a tough old world and there's there's a lot of stuff needs sorting out so anyway yeah, what's, I, what's your i, I agree what, with you there's i would say locum pharmacy is not perfect by any means i would i would say um, if anybody told you it was perfect they would be lying to you so to speak so, so it does have its ups and downs it's not it's not an easy game so that that's one thing i would also say what um just to change the subject slightly what is your What's your advice to the next generation of pharmacists? I, I would say my, my next gen, my next my advice to the next generation of pharmacists is make sure you skill up and do the independent prescribing course because that's that's the way it's going, um, and that's that's the way government are going to going to remunerate uh, businesses and individuals. It's going to be all about keeping patients out of expensive host, hospital beds. Uh, so if you can manage, people are living longer, they're living longer with chronic conditions. These chronic conditions must be managed and they must be managed um, in a timely manner. And to do that, you need to have the people on the ground in the high street so people can just walk in and, you know, get their stuff sorted, um, make sure all their blood parameters or whatever it is um, can be easily monitored um, way so you've got to have the people with the right qualifications uh, in the pharmacies to, to offer that to the patient so <laughs> any any pharmacist coming through now I would be very surprised if they weren't weren't going down that road to to decide how what sort of stuff they'd like to prescribe in what therapeutic area I think that's that's something that must be thought about um, I think that's you know I think that's the way it's going and say so say, say any new get, pharmacist say... Say I gave you a couple of hundred grand, would you buy a pharmacy? <laughs> um, it's not going to happen, Matt. But well, anyway. <laughs> I think, but yeah, yeah, okay. I, I, I see. To be honest with you, I think if I was in my early twenties, then yeah, I would because um, I think over throughout your whole working life, and then you sold it. That's your pension. So I, I think you would make a good living out of it, and you would be able to retire, and you'd have a pension there. So if, as long as you were continually adding value to the business as you were going along, you, yeah. you certainly—I'm pretty certain—you you wouldn't go out of business unless you were useless at running it, which um, I'm sure that wouldn't wouldn't be the case. So, so to answer your question, if a bigger organization didn't come up and offer more money for the business um, and I was able to get it and it was in a decent location, absolutely, I would buy a pharmacy, no doubt about yeah. it. Yep. Good man. Right, well, thank you. Listen, thanks very much for talking to me. I, um, You've been a great sport and you, as I said at the start, you've been my, uh, you've been my first actual person 
that I've okay. to on a podcast. Oh, so it's, it's thank, quite thanks for having me on, Jonathan. Uh, <laughs> no problem. It was, it was, um, I thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. Um, that was that was it was good. I enjoyed that. So listen, there there is a bombshell. There's no fee for for speaking to me, I'm afraid. But <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, terribly. That's all I right. Didn't, I didn't, I didn't reveal that earlier in the conversation. Sorry no, about no, that. No, no, that's not an issue. Uh, it was good. It but, was good to talk to you. Well, we could get in a wee plug for you. So, if you want to book your services, where where do you go? Who do you look oh, for? William Johnson. Oh, Google him. Anybody I can build a relationship with, please, please get in touch with me. Good man. I wish you all the best, William. Okay. Thanks a lot, Jonathan. Good to talk to you. Yeah, you too, mate. See you. Bye.